1: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to week one. It feels like the longest offseason of all time, but we are here ready to start talking about some game stacks on episode one of the Underworld Stack Fest. That's a fun, that's a fun, very fun name. I, I like who came this up with, name. Who,
0: who,
2: who, anyone remember who came <laughs> up with that name?
1: Yeah, I bet we can guess. I bet we can guess. <laughs> I'm excited. I am your host, Eric Beinforb. We are having a very fun new show here and I'm joined by Dario Ofstein and of course, Matt Kelly, the pod father. And we're going to every single week walk you through some of the best game stacks and obviously a lot more even than just than just game stacks to help your DFS lineups set for the entire week. Um, before we hop in, how Dario, how, how, how's everything going? How are you feeling a few hours away from, from week one kickoff? Are you
3: ready? Are you not ready? What, what are we feeling? Uh, it's. It's pretty surreal. I think it's it's hard to say I feel completely ready, but I, I'm excited. <laughs> it's going to be, uh, you know, I've, I've got a team with a Allen double stacked in a in a in a player profiler championship league. So hoping to start seeing those points pour in. And yeah, I can't wait. Matt, Matt, what about
2: you? Well, well Dario's been waiting for this his whole life. I and mean, this is this is a big this is a big deal for Dario. Dario just graduated college. He was an intern uh, like a half a minute ago. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's director of analytics, and he's in charge of all our rankings, our projections, our, our DFS tool set. And so he's never actually been in this captain chair, right, when week one kicks off. So, dude, this is a, this is, this is a big moment, buddy. This is it. This, it's Thursday. Yeah. It's happening.
1: It is. You're also uh, uh, significantly more advanced for your age than I was. I I certainly wasn't um, the director of analytics for anything when i had just uh graduated college maybe like uh, of uh beers at the bar or something like that. that that was that was about where i was so i'm excited to to get to to talk to you guys we're about to hop into some of these games one thing i did just want to um hit on since it's week one right it's a brand new season well we'll start with uh, we'll start with you matt since we st- we started with dario is there any kind of like overarching theme or anything that you're like kind of feeling heading into the season um before
2: we hop into some of the specific games well, just remember that we don't know what the hell's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Right. Week one yeah. is the hardest week because we just we're not in we have we we think we know like with a bunch of these teams. What's interesting is there's been like a consensus that has hardened around what we believe will be the usage patterns for a lot of these teams, what we believe to be some of these new coaches with their strategies, their philosophies, and how they're gonna approach things. But if anyone really thinks they know what the touch distribution is going to be in Las Vegas. Like that's one (laughs) of the big open questions right now. Does Josh McDaniel respect Josh Jacobs? Like Josh versus Josh. I don't know. We have no idea, right? We hope, right? But no one's allowed to be surprised when it's Amir Abdullah hogging the (laughs) fantasy points in week one. And I know that a lot of people are going to walk over and wander over and be like, this is crazy. Amir Abdullah. Really? Wow, that's, that's a flashback. What is this, 2017? What's going on? And it's like, no, man, you've been paying attention to preseason. You've been paying attention to the you know, the undercurrents of what these coaches are talking about, of the, the usage patterns in, in, in preseason. And, and even going back to last year with the role that Amir Abdullah had, you're not allowed to be surprised. But do we know? No. So this is a very interesting week where we're going to be maybe uh, zigging when the the consensus is zagging on some of these usage patterns with the acknowledgement that, you know, this is very open-ended, especially with all these teams with new coaching staffs.
1: Yeah, and just to piggyback on that, you used the, the Raiders are one of the best examples. But this year, maybe more than ever, there's like, what, a third of the league? A half half the league? A, a very large percentage where we, you know, even the Chiefs, the Chiefs have been a team that we have been, been able to pretty much just... You know, you write off DeMarcus Marcus Robinson and, and Byron Pringle and even Hardman, and you you focus in on a couple of guys. Right. Um, the Packers with Devontae Adams. Right. Even the Seahawks, who stink now, but they had Russell Wilson. It was two guys. Now, half the league is blown up. And what the example of what you said with the Raiders is applicable to so many situations. So I think it's so a really many, fun time.
2: Like, so how, how, many, really... how many routes is Josh Palmer going to run? Yeah. I don't, <laughs> right. <I> oh.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll see. Jay, gerald everett as another one that at first he wasn't getting hype and now he's getting hype and so there's all of these situations that we just don't really know dario how are you feeling about all that
3: yeah i think that one of the big narratives has been like the afc west arms race and i'm really excited to see that starting to play out like i mean this week we get chargers hosting the raiders which is basically a home game for the raiders if you know anything about chargers fans and la (laughs) um but you know, just seeing that happen and play out in real time and how many of these shootouts will actually happen, like we are sort of projecting, is gonna be very interesting. And then again, the Broncos are another team where the touch distribution between Javante and Melvin Gordon, as well as the target distribution, is totally up in the air. So it'll be really interesting to see just how that entire division plays out. I mean, you already hit on the Chiefs and the Raiders. And speaking of the Chiefs, we're gonna we're gonna hop into that game first. This
1: this is this is my I guess I would call it favorite game, but for a lot of different reasons, both because of some potential expected fireworks and because a lot of what we just touched on really on both sides too, the chiefs and the Cardinals actually play in the afternoon time slot. But Patrick Mahomes now in his first season without, without Tyree kill, as we've talked about in terms of target distribution and, and touch distribution in the backfield for the chiefs is pretty, pretty uncertain. The Cardinals, Bring in Marquise Hollywood Brown in in the off season. We just literally this morning got reports that Zach Ertz didn't practice today. Um, Christian Kirk is gone, and so what does that mean for Rondale Moore? DeAndre Hopkins is suspended. This game has a lot of potential fireworks on both sides, but also a lot of a lot of uncertainty. Uh, Matt, how are you? This is this is our first our first game, but it, it's pretty fun, but also pretty tough to pin down.
2: All right, so let's go through the cornerbacks on Arizona. Right, Byron yes. Murphy, Marco Wilson, Breon Borders. Christian Matthew, Josh Jackson newly signed. This is not a good secondary, right? This is not a good second. They, they, they can't just get by with Buddha Baker, right they're, they're trying they're gonna they're gonna try to smoke and mirrors it. but this is a very exploitable secondary. So I think that's that's what I'm hoping th- that we see is maybe some deep shots to take advantage of uh, the mismatches. So deep shots to, to I mean it's 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 so gross. But you know, I, I really don't think that this is a sky more week. I think we're a few weeks away from sky more being fully unlocked. You know, in the, their their base packages throughout camp, it was MVS, it was Hardman, and it was Juju. And I think you know, taking shots on MVS and 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 Miko Hardman could be a gross way to, to 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 get that upside for for you know value. I will.
1: Um... I'm glad you said that because I will tease for the RG premium subscribers. I've already got my um, conviction play or whatever we call them in lineup HQ. You know, we all have to go through and tag kind of our favorite plays of the week. And um, MVS is actually one of them for me, um, because basically of everything that you outlined, I've been like foaming at the mouth for this week one matchup for the Chiefs all year. You outlined the secondary. I don't need to piggyback on it at all. But that's been one of my big takeaways. We didn't Um, talk,
2: by the way. We yeah, just right? I'm movie. in Vegas at the <laughs> FFWC. Uh, you know, where I'm 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 biting up. by the way, uh, Marquise Brown went for a shockingly high dollar amount in a in a in a super high stakes auction. Okay. So I was like, oh wow, that's interesting. But these guys are reacting to you know the Ertz news and all this stuff in real time, and they're like bidding up Marquise Brown. That that's just what the high stakes are doing. I'm reporting that to you now. I just sat down, I woke up, I sat down in this chair, I turned the camera on and we're talking. Eric and I did not plan this out. I yes, I, I just, you know, basically I was Dwayne Wade throwing it up to you with the <laughs> MBS. And but we have it's like we didn't even practice. I have no yep, I had yep. no idea you were going to say that.
1: But can you also imagine the scenario in which MVS catches the 70-yard 70 70 yard touchdown, and then on, on, on the flip side, the Cardinals are chasing, and Hollywood catches the 70-yard touchdown or whatever on the other side. It's like, know. you know, this, stat, this, this is a game stacks show, and Dario, doesn't this game just, like, scream of what you want in a game stack?
3: Oh, absolutely, and we have two elite quarterbacks. None of the other games we're going to talk about today are games where we think stacking either quarterback is a really good option, but in this game, I mean, you can stack Kyler, with, like you said, Hollywood Brown, Rondale Moore, I think he's he's been questionable this week in practice. So if Rondale Moore goes, he's you know probably going to be pretty chalky, but another option to stack Kyler with. And then all these guys are bringing back. Hold, hold on, Dario.
2: Eric, you prefer MVS this week to Rondale Moore?
1: Yes. Yes, I do. I agree 100%. Yes, I, agree.
2: Now, I think most people are going to go the other direction, though.
1: I think
3: so yeah, too. No, Ronda, our our ownership projected ownership is mm-hmm. pretty high on both sides, but I think that MVS is definitely a better play. I you, think. What do you we're guys starting uh, strong here? We're starting yeah. strong.
2: With, with, we're already we're already contrarian. I want to touch upside. on upside. Yes, well, that's what the Stack Fest is. We're, we're trying. We're, we're we're in real time defining sort of the the mission of the show.
1: Right. right. <laughs> we're figuring this out. Yeah, we're figuring, we're figuring this out on
2: the fly. We just turned the cameras on. We just turned the mics on. We haven't talked before. No show prep. <laughs> this is the theme right here.
1: What are you guys thinking about, though, on the Cardinal side with Rondale banged up with maybe Zach with maybe Zach, Zach Ertz banged up? How are you? You know, we kind of just do we, we We glossed over a couple of the Chiefs guys, which maybe we'll come back to in a second. But how are you kind of process? Is, is it like kind of Hollywood or bust? Are you into Trey McBride? If Zach Ertz doesn't go? Are you, I think Rondale's ownership is a little bit crazy. Do you think you mentioned some of the preseason usage patterns? They've, they've also shown a little bit in, in four wide sets and 10 personnel playing Hollywood in the slot as well. And so I just kind of, how are you processing the Cardinals side of things? Because, you know, if MVS catches two two long touchdowns, it sets up the Cardinals pretty well too. But I think they're a little bit difficult to dissect, I guess, outside of
3: Hollywood. Yeah, I think I would agree with you. I mean, Especially if Ertz misses, I think that there's a chance we see Max Williams get some run ahead of Trey McBride. Like You don't always see rookie tight ends just rolling out there in week one and getting a full snap share. Um, And then AJ Green is kind of like, again, a pretty disgusting play. But I think if Ertz or Rondale, especially if both of them are out, like he's going to get his targets and the Cardinals are going to be chasing the Chiefs. So you probably want to be filling him into some of your lineups.
2: Yeah, in terms of punt play, tight ends, uh, I don't think McBride or Max Williams are the move this week. I mean, there's others like Dan Bellinger is 2.5k on FK Dan Bellinger also went more than a dollar in this high stakes auction. I was like, oh, what the people? You know, the people are on Bellinger. Like he's the he's the he's the man right now. That's probably a better play. Uh, Max Williams has always been a, a blocking tight end, so they're probably going to split the work. If it's more probably 60-40 Williams, and that's just not usable, right? I think that A.J. Green is going to be a a, a a guy that you can play. It's true. He's he's on a football team, right? He They're paying him money. He's putting the pads on. He's putting the helmet on. He's going to be running routes. He, guys... Get, we're gonna look up he's gonna get 10 targets and we're just gonna be like yeah I guess it happened that's fine I mean good.
0: it's
1: like the first couple of weeks of uh was it two years ago with the Bengals when AJ Green was racking up all those targets and th- those might have been the most useless yeah, targets the most I can remember targets of all time <laughs> I remember that um but what what this is telling me I think what I'm kind of digesting from from you guys is I mean all roads kind of point to Hollywood. On the the Cardinals side, I guess what one thing I would say is, what do you think about a a James Conner type of thing where we saw if if this all plays out kind of like we're talking about and I I don't really foresee a way the Cardinals can stop the Chiefs. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's kind of my um, depiction of the game. Is 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 James Connor? You know, we saw the upside last year without Chase Edmonds. They do obviously have a couple of backups this year. Maybe they feel a little more comfortable playing. But if they're chasing points and he's catching a bunch of checkdowns, uh, you know, in the second half, and he's the goal line back, is that does he have any any you know maybe as a bringback or in a game stack to you? Are you interested in Connor at all?
3: Yeah. Are Dar- yes, Dario, right? Yeah, I mean, he's you know <laughs> we saw how many. Cast passes he caught last year um from kyler and now chase edmonds is out of the picture i think that's another snapshot that we'll be interested in seeing like is you know benjamin gonna cut into that workload and how much but i mean what we know about james connor right now is that he does have a pretty solid ceiling when catch- catching passes and we expect the cardinals to be playing from behind so that's uh absolutely in play I mean anything else anything else Matt Yeah, well, one um...
2: theme that a theme that we're going to keep coming back to is that we have a lot of data at playerprofiler.com on cornerbacks, on cornerback wide receiver matchups and on offensive line. So this is going to be a show that you can continue to tune in to for you know, analysis that goes a bit beyond the actual players on the slate and talks about the game environment within the context of the two offensive lines the pressure that these quarterbacks are going to be under you know what the secondaries look like and you know the chiefs lost a key corner in ward right is it was it yeah. charverius ward so I believe that's correct yeah so they lost charverius ward who was a starting corner he was a top 30 corner on our cornerback rankings we have cornerback rankings on playerprofiler.com and yes they have LeGarius need and he's a he's like a top 20 corner in the league he's good But they're going to move Hollywood around the formation. He might get stuck on A.J. Green out at X. So if Sneed gets stuck on A.J. Green out at X, it's very possible. Then we're talking about Trent McDuffie. We're talking about Rashad Fenton, Joshua Williams. These secondaries are both worse. So this is is why we're leading off with this game. I almost feel like we should have kept it to the end because it's such a great game to talk about. But these are the... These are the sort of the the ancillary dynamics around this game, which make it even better that it's two stud quarterbacks facing off against each other with degraded secondaries. It that's what that's just that's where it's all. Yes,
0: that's the game.
2: Yes, that's why.
3: And Um, I mean, uh, we've heard it all offseason, but Kyler best. Most accurate deep ball passer in the league and Hollywood Brown probably one of the best deep threats in the league. So it'll be really exciting to see that pairing. You know, they're reunited from their college days at Oklahoma, as we all know. And I think that, you know, seeing that pairing for the first time in real game action is going to be very exciting. And yeah, there's probably if if you had to make me bet on whether they will connect for a pass of over 20 yards, I think we're all agreeing that they probably will at some <laughs> point in this game, right? Yep. So who are we more likely to play Mahomes or Murray? What do you think, Dario? I think I'm probably looking at a pretty even split, slightly leaning toward Mahomes, um, just because he has a couple more options to stack with. Sprinkle in some Mahomes, Kelsey, Juju lineups, some Mahomes, Kelsey, MVS lineups, some Mahomes, Juju, MVS lineups. And then with um, Kyler, you really just have, like Hollywood to stack him with directly. And then you pick your your chief on the bring back. So I think that because of that dynamic, where there's more appealing weapons on the chiefs this week, you probably end up with a little bit more Mahomes in your lineups.
2: It's so consolidated though. Can't we get away with Murray Connor this week? Isn't this one of those rare cases where he's probably going to catch enough passes where, and there's so few other options that you you really get excited about that you could play it. and, And it, Not really worried about negative correlation, more leaning into the game stack.
3: Yeah, I think you definitely could. I mean, I remember Josh did an episode of First Mover about this particular research last year where, like, quarterback and running back one ceilings are actually, you know, not as negatively correlated as people perceive. Like, as far as hitting their 95th percentile outcome, when that happens with the quarterback, it increases the probability of the running back having that happen as well. So, I think that you should be open to stacking a little bit of Connor with your Kyler Murray stacks. I think, I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, we've obviously
1: talked about this game a lot, but I do just want to hit on a couple of the guys who are maybe even some of the biggest names in the whole game that we haven't talked about. Travis Kelsey now without Tyree kill getting a little older. Uh, we all have probably heard some of the off season concerns and such about, about Kelsey. Um, didn't play. There was a, a funny narrative going around about how he didn't play every single offensive snap with the first team in the preseason, which I thought was humorous. But to the point about trends, it's at least something that's minor, minorly notable. And then Juju Smith-Schuster, who everyone has anointed the number one passing game uh, option outside of Travis Kelsey on on the Chiefs. And then you mentioned Sky Moore. It's probably not quite Sky Moore time. I'm sure there will be a show down the road when we're talking plenty about Sky Moore here, but probably not quite him. But then, does that mean McCole Hardman needs to be mixed into your lineups if you're like mass multi-entering? How Matt, what are we doing with those
2: other guys on the Chiefs side? I mean, do we really need to talk about Kelsey at this point? Like, yeah, probably. There's not. no Tyreek Hill. Okay, so you're playing Kelsey at will with confidence. <laughs> clearly, there's no there's no Hill by the way. So you know, Hill's no longer a Chief. So that that's amazing, right? Kelsey's Just amazing. A, yeah. But yeah, yeah, we absolutely. We're mixing in Hardman. I would say Hardman at maybe. One third the exposure of MVS, if not a little more. That makes that, sense. Is that right, Dario?
3: That feels pretty good. Yeah. And Get we have just, just for
1: reference, we have both MVS and McCall Hardman around two to three percent ownership on this on this slate. So um, I think Sick. both make a ton of sense. Yeah.
2: Really? Of- That's going to change. I
1: After would think the so. show comes out. Yeah. No exactly. Yeah. If if we don't <laughs> shut up, uh, yeah. then it's definitely going to change. Dario, what do you think about... Uh, what about Juju?
3: Yeah, I think Juju... I mean, there was that preseason knee injury that kept him out for a couple weeks. I think that made us all a little nervous, but sounds like he's fully cleared to go. And, you know, he's probably going to see a good amount of... Like, I think we have him projected for about a 18, 19, 20% target share. And in a game where we expect the um, the Chiefs to drop back and pass the ball, like I think you know he will see his targets. But... I think, like we said, this is week one. We really don't know as much as we think we do. And, you know, you could see a dud game from him, but I think we also could see him end up with nine or ten targets and really exceed what we're projecting. So I think you just have to be aware of that range of outcomes and definitely want to squeeze him into those stacks.
2: We're also sprinkling in McKinnon, okay, Mm. for sure. So one thing I want to be clear on in this game, much more into McKinnon than, you know, Benjamin and just like it's not sky more time. It's also not Pacheco time. I love Pacheco. I am Pacheco. Okay. (laughs) Like player profiler exists to surface players. Like Isaiah Pacheco. Okay. We get it, but we also are, you know, seasoned DFS players with a whole DFS module. And, you know, that, that is powered by people like Dario and you know, sophisticated computer systems. And that ain't it. Skymore ain't it. Pacheco ain't it. Week one. If there is a running back that I'm going to play that's not James Conner in this game, it's going to be Jarek McKinnon. Because there's a very real chance that that the Chiefs go down. One thing I'm excited about this year, which I don't think I've heard that many people talk about, is the possibility of comeback Mahomes. The Chiefs are going to be in more comeback situations this year. They're not the same team they were last year. They've lost pieces. They've backfilled it from the draft, and that's great. But those those players take time to develop. The schedule is an absolute murderer's row. So they have a first place schedule plus they're in the AFC West. You put those things together; it's absolutely brutal their schedule. So throughout the season, it's going to be interesting to see Mahomes down ten. What happens? And that, to me, screams, oh, look at Jarek McKinnon. Look at the value on Jarek McKinnon. And I think that he's not just going to be a hurry up back. I think he's going to be in there uh, in, in some, with a, some breather back uh, role, especially in week one when they're just kind of dabbling with Pacheco here and there. I think Pacheco might get in for a drive or two. They might sprinkle him in a little bit but i think that mckinnon's going to be more than just a third down back especially early in the season before pacheco really gets rolling so now is the time to play him
1: i also think um the mckinnon thing is is very interesting particularly again the show being a game stack theme if it does start to kind of shootout. Like you said, if if the Cardinals, you know, get get out by two scores early. McKinnon was playing all the passing down snaps in the preseason. And like you said, if you get comeback Mahomes and they clearly trust McKinnon from the stress run and the playoff run of last year, there isn't really a lot of running back value on this slate. We we don't have the times when um you know the Cam makers and Travis Etienne's and such of the world got hurt. Uh, and and the pricing was already out. No one has really got. No one has really gotten hurt. If anything, people have gotten healthier. And so um, McKinnon is probably to me one of the better value options again. Probably a little bit more so in this game stack element. But I do think um, he he makes sense because there are scenarios where he he catches seven eight balls or something, and then all you got to do is find the paint, and you get an absolute smash for him. Yeah, he so and Abdullah
2: are like sprinkle yep satellite backs for you because know, when we, a, when a game McKissick script goes. Week, when the
1: game script goes that guy's way, they score twenty plus fantasy points. Right. It's just what percentage of the time does it go that way? Not a lot. That's why you only sprinkle them in, right? Um, so we did talk a little bit about the AFC West. So here is one of those AFC West shootouts. that the next. That's the next game, kind of on on our board. You also mentioned, um, Matt. You mentioned offensive line play, and I find this game to be kind of fascinating on opposite ends of the spectrum on both sides of the offensive line here, going in opposite directions. We're excited about both of these teams, but I think there's a lot of really fun variables. You mentioned Josh Palmer. We have Sony Michelle sig- signing with the Chargers. We have, you talked about Josh Jacobs on the Raiders' side, and they obviously have Devontae Adams, and Darren Waller is apparently fine, and he was holding in. He was pulling in Deontay Johnson, Hunter Renfro, all sorts of uncertainty going on, going on around both the Chargers and the Raiders. But the only thing that's not uncertain is that we expect – at least a decent amount of fireworks. Um, Dario, we'll start with you. How are you feeling at a at a high level about Chargers Raiders?
3: Yeah, I think that this is an absolutely sneaky game because it's like it's got the second highest over-under on the slate with 52. Chargers How is it are only 50. It
2: has the second highest over-under. Well,
3: it's sneaky because the projected ownership on Herbert is like sixth among the quarterbacks. And the projected oh. ownership for Mike Williams is like way down there. He's 7% on DraftKings, only 13% on FanDuel is decent, but I mean, you can get a relatively unique Herbert Mike Williams stack. Um, At you know, you're paying up for the cost, but this game could go absolutely nuclear. So, I mean, it's sneaky in that people are focusing so hard on the Chiefs Cardinals games that they're forgetting that Justin Herbert is basically the best quarterback the NFL has ever seen through the first two seasons of his career. And this game is projecting to be fast, and we know that the Chargers love to chuck the ball. So that's how it's sneaky, Matt. (laughs) (sighs) So
2: I just, I love this game, okay? I love AFC West shootouts. I I love it, okay? But when I think about the dynamics of these two squads, Eric alluded to it. The reason why I prefer the uh, Cardinals-Chiefs game is because there is a possibility. Because I, I don't think it's like the probability that Cardinals Chiefs doesn't shoot out is very low for all the reasons we laid out, from quarterback play to offensive line play to to the secondaries. Right. The problem is you have a a pretty wicked mismatch on one side of the football, which could drag the game down in a way that I don't think that other game can be dragged down. In that. The Chargers defensive line and edge rushers are just as Austin Eckler said on our podcast, just stocked with werewolves. (laughs) Okay, and the Raiders offensive line is Andre James, Jermaine Elumoner, John Simpson, Colton Miller, Lester Cotton. It's shaping up to be a bottom five offensive line in the league. And it's their own fault. They drafted Henry Ruggs over Tristan Wirfs. So go 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 back to the tape in at the NFL draft with Roger Goodell, and, and that's where you screwed it up. Okay. So but now they're in this t- this pretty awful situation with their offensive line with the worst possible matchup. Okay. Going against Bosa and Co. I don't love it. I think that there's a danger that these drives stall out that cars facing a lot of, you know, third and twenties and that the game doesn't shoot out at the level we want it to, because that side of it is dragged down. And then Herbert's sort of less incentivized to air it out. We see more Eckler, for example. So that is the risk. I still think that there's a higher probability that it shoots out than not, but that's just the only temperament that I want to throw out there.
1: I was going to say, Dario, what do you think about this concept that Matt basically alluded to that I've been feeling a little bit as well? The Chargers, the Chargers have also gotten better on defense. Um, you know, part i i don't want to say uh, this was the reason why they were so aggressive last year and and had so many kind of shootouts, but I think it's at least a variable to the effect that Brandon Staley is a very sharp guy. Why is he going for it on fourth down in his own territory when other people are not willing to do it? It's because no—he knows his defense can't stop anyone. Um, if his defense is a little bit better, and they have this massive mismatch in the trenches, which is you know arguably the most important part of football, is there now they got Sony it's, Michelle? It's, in it's their-
2: arguably also the biggest mismatch in Week One. Yeah, is right. the Raiders' offensive line versus the Chargers' pass rush? Right there with. So right, I mean, San how is Josh Chicago, Jacobs going right? to get a yard? Is my question. Yeah. Right. Well, well not, I mean, J.C. Zemeer Jackson White's going to.
3: Sorry, JC Jackson is questionable this week, and he's supposed to be a game time decision. And if JC Jackson is out, like, I think you have well, to play some not Devontae Adams. Like, JC Jackson's I
0: mean, not playing.
2: I, I, I can break some news right now. JC Jackson's not playing. Zach Ertz is not playing. Like, oh, I, I don't think yeah. either of those guys are playing. Okay. I think Zach Ertz gave it a go, right? And then his body didn't right? react yeah. well. But that's mm-hmm. what happens. These guys give it a go, and their body doesn't They They see how their body reacts. And then that, that pretty much will tell you what you need to know. I think J.C. Jackson's an even bigger long shot than Zach Ertz to play. That is going to be the saving grace of the shootout, fellas, is that Derek Carr has enough mobility and he has enough rapport with Devontae Adams, one of the best wide receivers in the league. You know, number one in the last five years in receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, receptions. He's pretty good, guys. He's pretty good. And Hunter Renfro's underrated, and now Waller's paid, and he's uh, he's back from his uh, hold in where he had. I think he was he had he he missed some practice with a with, it was, with a, he was, a he was a sore wallet, wasn't it? Point. Was it a he he, had he, a sore he, wallet? He, yeah, his wallet was hurting his hamstring. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a sore wallet. So I think that's what. I, so now he's, he's solved the, his 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 wallet injury has, has <laughs> Waller's wallet. <laughs> that's the name of the show, Waller's wallet. Totally healed. The wallet's healed. So that's the thing. There's enough weapons, and you can see that when if he has to scramble inside the pocket and and get extra time, there's going to be someone coming open, and that might just be enough to to sustain these drives and and to get us into that over that fifty-point threshold that we're looking for.
1: Dario, who do you think on that on that Raiders side? Though how how do we pick between? I mean, Devonte Adams is the clear standout, but Darren Waller, now having someone like Devontae Adams to maybe draw a little bit of coverage, is he is is he is he the guy? His matchup is not I- ideal. How are you kind of assessing the Raiders though?
3: Yeah, I think that you know Devonte Adams is obviously like you said the elite option. Darren Waller, I think, is probably the best, like one of the best options at tight end. Right? We know that tight end is just so hard to find to anyone at all. So like you know, it depends on just the lineup that you're constructing, whether you feel like spending slightly up at tight end and getting that Waller. And then I think that Renfro, I mean, he's, you know, kind of the murkiest of the bunch. It's unclear just how much of his like target share that he saw last season is going to continue into this season now that Devonte Adams is in town. So I think that he's sort of, you know, the the lowest floor play for sure, but we know that he already has that rapport with Carr. So I think, If you're asking me, I'm probably going to end up with the most Waller just because Devontae Adams cost is pretty prohibitive. And Mm -hmm. then Adams and then Renfro, if I had to guess, like the order, they'll end up in most of my lineups.
1: And then, Matt, do you kind of agree with that general assessment? And then can you go to the other side? there may be
3: even maybe even
1: more difficult because we have a running back and maybe you like Josh Jacobs. Um, and I, and I don't want to speak for you, but you have a running back in Austin Eckler who you've outlined a very clear path to where he could be the one getting all the work for, for the chargers. And then four potential passing game options, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Josh Palmer, and Gerald Everett. How are
2: you kind of assessing that? Again, let's, let's check out the Raiders secondary. This is why we love the Raiders, by the way, even if, is under constant duress, they're gonna have to score a ton of points to make up for the 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 you know lost Casey Hayward right. So they have Mm -hmm. Rocky Sin in in, at (laughs) cornerback. They have Nate Hobbs, Anthony Everett, Amik Robertson. Have you heard of these guys? Right. It's 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 old. Is Rocky Sin now only twenty six? It feels like he's older. But me, it's just because his name is so notable. You remember him? I mean, Mike Williams. (laughs) Is gonna feast. I mean eventually he'll get banged up and he's he's gonna his his performance will be sapped, but this is why, right? This is why we have Mike Williams in seasonal leagues. This is why we have Mike Williams in best ball. We had like we circled on the schedule. Spike week. Do you know anything about spike weeks, Eric? A
1: little. You
2: know anything about spike weeks? Uh, this is it. This is the whole this is the ball game. This is AFC West against Rocky Sin. You freaking <laughs> circle that one on the kid. week one. He's fully healthy. This is it. This is it.
1: So Dario Matt likes
2: Mike Williams. Yeah, I mean, yes, you... I like Mike Williams over over everybody. Would you? We're gonna. I think we should have more exposure to Mike Williams than any other Charger this week. Do you agree with that?
3: Yeah, Dario? I totally do. I think. I mean, we had Mike Williams ranked ahead of Keenan Allen in seasonal leagues just because we care that much about ceiling and we care that much about the fact that he is you know still in his prime while Keenan Allen has seen a little bit of a dip in his yards per route run each of the last 3 seasons i think that all of that together adds up to mike williams having a higher weekly ceiling week in week out making him you know a better dfs play and aside from you know occasions where we know that keenan allen's going to have a really juicy slot matchup and then you know this week he's cheaper so of course we're going to end up with more mike williams
2: And we have strength on strength where you have the chargers, one of the best offensive lines in the sport against one of the best edge rushing duos in the sport. Chandler Jones on one side, Max Crosby on the other. That's going to be devastating. We're going to be, have, I I can spoiler alert. They're going to be future shows where we're going to talk about how, you know, you not so fast, you know, going in heavy on an outside wide receiver facing the raiders because their quarterback's just not going to have enough time to throw, right? Yeah. We're going to have these conversations, but fortunately, not this week. Right? Rashawn Slater and Co, right, are going to make it so that Herbert's going to have plenty of time to throw to Mike Williams away for him to 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 crack some daylight on the outside. The, the, it's all shaping up, man. It's all shaping up. You don't have to overthink this one. This is an easy one.
1: Those are my favorite. Those are my favorite ones. Here's one where the next game on our on our board is one side we probably don't have to overthink and maybe you guys will will correct me. The uh, the other side, I'm very anxious to hear what you guys have to say. Packers Vikings with we talked about all the uncertainty with target shares and such. The Packers have to be the most uncertain team in the entire NFL, especially with Alan Lazard, the guy who some people not necessarily me, not necessarily you guys, but some people who had penciled in as the number one for the Packers without Devontae Adams. Now, what's going on? Christian Watson, I guess, is, is healthy. We don't know if Alan Lazard is. Robert Tunyon is back at practice. They have two running backs in a, in a timeshare. And then you have, of course, on the Viking side, Justin Jefferson, one of the best young wide receivers. But also in a very tough, very very one of the toughest matchups in the league. Dario, kick us off with the Packers-Vikings
2: uh eric yeah. can i interrupt you for a moment
1: of, of course
2: i actually have, have a cure of a curiosity so we're talking about game stack let's say hypothetical game stack right you get herbert mike williams eckler you know run it run it back with waller or you go car waller and it may be a maybe a, a sort of a, a not full game stack but just kind of a nice little mini stack you get car waller maybe renfro uh, and in you know, the easy Mike Williams run back or, or, <laughs> or if you want to do it, the game stack on that direction, Mike Williams and Austin Eckler on the run back. But my question for Dario is. How playable is Josh Palmer this week?
3: I think you probably want to wait until we've seen a little bit more from how they're gonna use him and just how much you know three wide receiver sets they're gonna be in like he's definitely gonna be well behind Eckler in the target pecking order so he's at best fourth I think that you know if you guys tuned into um, the show that um Eckler and Justin Herbert did with Matt Harmon last week like they were both really hyping up Gerald Everett so I think there's a good chance yep. we see even Gerald Everett out targeting Josh Palmer this week so I would probably be relatively hesitant to be plugging him into my lineups this week, just because I want to be a little bit more certain of what we're getting from him. I don't know. What do you guys think? No, I, I was going gonna...
2: to adding Everett into the mix of the game stack makes a lot more sense than Palmer.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, what do you guys think if we're kind
1: of getting a little gal-brained, maybe in larger field tournaments or something? Herbert, Mike Williams, Everett, and now you're filling that tight end. Position right. with that secondary and cheaper and cheaper option. Yeah. And then something like that, you know, we talked about McKinnon. If right, we talked about catch up Mahomes. If it's if if the Chargers have a defensive line mismatch and they're winning, right? They're up by 14 in the second quarter. Now it's Amir Abdullah time in the backfield. It's not Josh Jacobs time anymore. And you have the punt, the punt running back catch. We're getting we're getting the James Connor production. From the cheap guy in a scenario in which you just outlined every reason why the well, probably why the Chargers will be playing from in front. So Herbert's maybe doing the passing and scoring. You're getting the cheap tight end and a cheap running back. Now you can get your maybe the or Justin Jefferson game stack that
2: because you could you could actually you actually because of Abdullah you can afford Adams at that point. Yeah,
1: right, right, right. And now now maybe you know you're getting seven eight catches from Abdullah and and Devontae Adams is getting his fifteen targets or whatever. You know, so I think it's a pretty sounds fun game pretty too. good, Eric.
3: Yeah, I think it's a pretty fun game to uh, to approach, to approach yeah, that I way. There's a pretty clear line between Chiefs Cardinals and Raiders Chargers as like the two just like juiciest games on this slate by far. And then these last three we're going to talk about are kind of like still enticing in some ways. And we obviously don't know how every game is going to play out. It's the NFL. But I think as far as like shootout potential and the wide array of options that have like genuine appeal, these two games are kind of like, you know, just the juiciest piece of prime rib for one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in, into these last
1: last I'm, I'm glad we spent as much time on those first two, because I do think you they're both to, the most man. important. Yeah, they're the shows most important. That just
2: go through the games and they spend an equal amount of time. <laughs> that is the one. My, my one request for Roto Grinders was, can we not talk about games that we actually don't care about? And can we just sink completely into these games that people should have maximum exposure to? Should build their whole week around. Hell, you didn't yeah. want to
1: spend. You didn't want to spend the same amount of time on Panthers, Browns as, yeah. uh, as as Chiefs. As what about
2: Chief Jaguars, Tuggles?
3: Commanders?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I, we, the, these games don't even deserve to be mentioned. <laughs> right. Don't even mention. It's as if they don't. They're not. They're not even there. I don't even know they're there.
1: So what's what's your what's your favorite way to approach then Packers Vikings? Because I see the appeal as well, but also I think most would say well tell me other than Justin Jefferson or maybe Dalvin Cook, who who do I, who do I, who do I play in this game?
3: I think you probably stack Cousins with Jefferson, maybe a little bit of Irv Smith or Thielen on the side if you want to make it a double stack. And then I'm actually looking to bring that back with Aaron Jones because we know the pass-catching splits for Aaron Jones in games without Devontae Adams are insane and Aaron Jones is probably going to see six, seven, eight targets from Aaron Rodgers easily. If Alan Lazard misses this game, who knows? They could just have Jones and Dillon on the field every snap and practically use Jones as a slot receiver. So I think that I'm looking to bring back a Minnesota stack with probably Jones. You could do Dylan, but I think his pass catching upside is definitely more limited, although he has shown it. And then I think the green Bay receivers are just an absolute minefield. Like none of us can pretend we know, especially if Lazard is out. I mean like we've, we've been penciling in Lazard as a hypothetical number one. And then like I'm doing the week one projections now, and it's just an absolute disaster with the Packers wide receivers. This is why we're not that thrilled about this game. Right. right. And this the is thing why. is, you want to Packers...
2: you want it, you want to you play your cousins in Jefferson and, and check the box with your portfolio for this week? Please, by all means, do that and then move on.
3: Yeah. And then the Packers also, unlike the Chiefs, Cardinals, Chargers, Raiders, the Packers love to slow the game down when they're ahead. Like, oh, I yeah. can easily see this game. Just the Packers get up by two scores in the second quarter, oh. and then they're just <laughs> handing it to Dylan the entire second half and Brutal. that ends up just being the least one of the least exciting games for DFS
2: yeah I'm not that into Dylan this week either for that I just you know it's it's Aaron Jones you're hoping beyond hope that it's the other way because if it's the other way then the Vikings are not gonna they're not gonna slow down if they if they have their boot on the, the throat of Aaron Rodgers. they're gonna keep pressing the entire game. It's a brand new coaching staff. You know, they, they believe in a fast paced offense and, and they're not going to relent. So when, when you think about the, the game scenarios, you yeah. know, if you're looking up and the Packers for a 14 point lead, I mean, just rip your ticket up at that point. Like, forget it. Like, yeah. No one wins in that situation. <laughs> no, no one with exposure to the game wins in that situation. We're all screwed. Forget it. So <laughs> Did you guys, if, if, to you got to think in? about it, right? It, what is the game scenario where player X exceeds expectations and the, the game scenario where AJ Dillon exceeds expectations is a, is a game scenario we don't really want anyway. So that would be the reason, the reason why we actually prefer by, you know, I think a wide margin in terms of building lineups this week, uh, the Aaron Jones play is because then that necessarily will almost dictates the game flow and the game script is what we want. We want to see it sped up. We want to force Rogers He's still gonna slow the game down though. He, last in the league in pace of <laughs> play last year, even with Devontae Adams, this is what drives me crazy. He milks it all the way down to a 0. 0.5 seconds every single snap. The, he's not gonna change his ways. This is what this is how he's wired. He has no receivers now. I mean, there is an in, I mean, we don't need to go this, but I mean, Josea Degora isn't the worst punt play tight end. I mean, if we're looking at just straight-up target-share distribution, DeGora is interesting because Tanyan's very unlikely to play. He's 2.9K on DraftKings. I'm not saying it's like, oh, this is a guy I'm playing a lot of. No, but that might be a, a sprinkle because what are you going to do? How are you going to – what? <laughs> right? That's yep. not the worst runback ever. It's one of the worst. but it's not the worst and this is see the place we're at already we're already at a crappy place
1: i think that means uh dario i think it means we need to put a bow on this one once we get to uh the josiah de guerra uh portion of of the show but i uh, I did want to throw we would be remiss what about if lazar doesn't play dobbs you know Sammy Watkins, any 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 of that? The people will fly. I will say this: people will play Sammy Romeo Dobbs.
2: Week. week one, Sammy. We want Week one, Sammy. Yes, you're week week one people one will Sammy, play
1: year in you're out. Also, he's forty seven hundred on DraftKings. That, like that's wild. To me. People are gonna play forty seven hundred Sammy Watkins in that's the game. That's too expensive. I, that's crazy. That's crazy. And the the Aaron Rodgers forty seven
2: hundred. I'd be thinking about it. I'd be like,
1: what? yeah and I still wouldn't do it, but I would at least think about it. 4,700, 4,700 is, is absolutely wild. I mean, MVS is 4,700 and we already talked about, about that, but the, the Rogers thing, I just have to hit on this one more time. There's a few things. I, I was excited to do this She's show. So
2: overrated. I, I, you guys are me, for fantasy. It makes me nuts
1: you guys are so into a lot of the same things that I like to do, but it's not just because I think they're important to football, which they are, but it's that they're not considered enough in the DFS space, offensive line, defensive line, play corner, like secondary play. People will do the cornerback wide receiver matchups. And I, I understand all of that, but just generally understanding how football works from, from the trenches and the secondaries. And the Rogers thing is one of my favorite ones that people don't consider. They're just like, Packers have good matchup insert Rogers or whatever. And Ugh. I, I constantly go back to, I can't even watch Packers games anymore because like you said, he's watching the clock. He, you see him, he keeps looking up at the clock and it's rolling. It's, down. I'm it's like, just
2: so, it's so disgusting have, from a DFS. standpoint. They'll have wins yeah.
3: with like seven total offensive drives. You know, it's just <laughs> like, Oh yeah. We're, we're just milking the clock. Here we go. Their
2: offensive line is great. Their defense is good. This is all the things we hate so they play slow they don't have playmakers on the outside what are we doing I mean I think there's a theoretical game stack of like Jefferson and Osborne with Cousins (laughs) running it back with Jones and Degora that would be our theoretical pukey game stack
1: yeah Yeah. and And I will say on
3: that note Dario wrap us up (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. I think that you wanna probably lean more towards Jones <laughs> on DraftKings, right? We've got the full PPR yeah, yeah. and on FanDuel, Dylan is slightly more appealing as just like a one off running back play in the way that if this game does play out how we expect and the Charger or the sorry, the Packers are playing from ahead, you plug in Dylan into one of your RB slots on FanDuel and he ends up with two touchdowns, like you're you're in the money. So we don't I talk that about
2: that enough either. When a guy is better as a standalone play versus stack. Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes a guy is actually kind of uh, toxic for a stack, but great as a standalone. Yep. Right. That's Dylan this week.
3: It, it's to the probably the, Dylan the, most weeks this season. Yeah. yeah.
2: He's the he's the guy that
3: when
1: the game gets mucked up in terms of a game stack perspective, he he might be the guy who who benefits. Right. He he does grind out his 18 carries. He gets the goal line the goal line carry. It's like the uh, you, you mentioned Connor. Right. And we've obviously touched on the McKinnons and Abdullah's of the world. They benefit from the chaos of a shootout because you're getting a bunch of checkdowns, maybe some big some big plays, etc. Dylan benefits from this is about to be 17 (laughs) six. And we're about, you know, and we're about and he's going to have the two. He's going to have the two. The, the two touchdowns he uh Jamino says he's not just a bully i do think dylan i will say from a long-term seasonal perspective dylan really showed a lot as a pass catcher last year so there will be times
2: yeah. where we may discuss him i just don't think this is necessarily the spot we'll see guys that's the thing we talked about this at the very beginning of the show we're gonna see how the, the the touch distribution shakes out and the target distribution between the running back shakes out what we know is it's 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 it, it's very the con, you know, the conditions are favorable for Aaron Jones in Week One. Let's just go with that, and then we'll recalibrate.
3: Yeah, so excited to overreact to Week One. How about you? Guys? I know.
1: Yeah, next week's wow. gonna be even more even more fun than we'll this. Have so data. When, at
3: least we'll have some yeah. data.
1: That is true. Two teams. Uh, next up on our, our our list here that I'm very interested in, kind of some data on Eagles. Lions, our, our Lions, some, some would call it our Lions uh, after being on hard knocks with Dan Campbell. Tons of fun offensive offensive weapons on the Lions. They also have a little bit of offensive line concerns. I don't know if you saw the, the latest injury reporting today. Eagles. You know, I feel like the Eagles are. If anyone besides Jalen Hurts was playing quarterback, everyone would just be so excited. But people have it in their minds, uh, maybe some negative sentiment around. Maybe even if Minshew was in there, people would be very excited for the Eagles. But all the Eagles look appealing to me, and honestly, a bunch of Lions look appealing to me. If we want to start stacking up, stacking up this game, Dario, what do you think about Eagles Lions?
3: Yeah, I think all the Eagles pass catchers are absolutely in play. The Eagles running backs, I might be staying. I'm probably staying away from Miles Sanders. Kenny Gainwell is is someone we love and could definitely see a few targets. Um, Miles Sanders said he's fully healthy. So I think that we're probably going to get a pretty ugly split. That's one of those backfields that you can almost like pencil in a rule for yourself. Oh, hey, like stay away from Eagles running backs. And you'd be winning with that about 95% of the time. But I think that stacking hurts with AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard, any of those three, you can bring it back with DeAndre Swift in garbage time is an absolute cheat code. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown, the Lions have just been so open with talking about how they want to continue feeding him like they did down the stretch last season. And I mean, he's probably not going to get 10 targets every game like we saw, but I'd be surprised if he gets less than seven. So I think that there's a couple of good bring back options That Eagles stack is going to be really juicy. And I think that um, both of these teams, you know, are big question marks in terms of how their offensive philosophies will play out, how fast are they going to run and how pass heavy will they be? Like, that's a big question with the Eagles this year. So it's a bit dicier. Like we said, this game, not nearly up there with the two big ones on the slate, but it does have a slightly higher over under than the Packers Vikings game. So there's, there's certainly some appeal there with a lot of those options.
2: I'm worried a little bit here, guys. Fellas, I'm worried. I know that we are into the Lions, hard knocks. They look great. Goff is essentially an MVP candidate at this point. (laughs) But this Eagles team is a Super Bowl contender. Mm -hmm. This Eagles team is completely stacked. They got CGJ. They got Darius Slay. And then, oh, by the way, James Bradbury hmm. to go along with these like sideline to sideline monsters like Hassan Redick and like you know, get backups or like Derek Barnett, guys that, that were starters on other teams. They're drafting Jordan Davis, who doesn't even have a comp. Like there's no one <laughs> left uh, 350 pounds, athletic can dunk basketballs. So what are we talking about? It's just nuts. Their defense is nuts, their offense just got AJ Brown and an ascending Jalen Hurts. Everyone's healthy. I mean, think about the the news from the Eagles camp has just been all about, like, you know, who's getting the running back reps, and how healthy is Miles Sanders, and why is Nick Sirianni wearing a Kenneth Gainwell t-shirt? But think about (laughs) the news you haven't heard. Think about the rumors you haven't heard. Think about the stuff you haven't heard. It's been pretty much quiet, like a little bit of Lane Johnson injury news. Like, that's about it. It's not a big deal, right? this team is primed and the lions are not quite ready yet. The lions are, are exciting, but this isn't the game. When we're talking about the lions exceeding expectations, like beating their Vegas regular season wins over under, right? right. Going over six and a half and then seven, however, <laughs> however high it gets right. Fine. But none of that is predicated on them winning week one. They're not. Okay. And the, And, and good luck to the Cowboys this year, by the way, in the Mm -hmm. NFC East against this Eagles team. So the worry is, is that they just, they just start hot and they just take the air out of the football in the second half. And yes, there's going to be, you know, the the lions are going to try to make a game of it probably, but my fear is that how this game is going to work out. It's going to be a little lower scoring than we would have ideally liked to see and that we're not allowed to be surprised when like the lions can never really get any drives going because this Eagles defense is one of the best in the league.
1: I I couldn't possibly agree more. The Eagles are one of my favorite teams just generally from a, uh, um, you know, a bullishness of the entire season. There's, I mean, the town, ta- like you said, it. if unit by unit,
2: but- unit by unit, Eric, just go and, unit and- by unit
1: if Jalen hurts was not the quarterback, they would be people's like sleepers, super bowl pick, but he just yes. has that thing about him that people don't like him. And that's fine. I'm not saying I'm right about him or whatever, but if He's you put a national Heisman... championship
2: quarterback and, and a, Heisman what are we talking about?
1: Winning... Heisman winning wide receiver, who was basically like, everybody talks about Cooper cup, you know, and what he did last year, Devonta Smith was like that on steroids in the sec, you know, as a, as a wide receiver, AJ Brown, one of the best wide receivers in the league, Dallas Goddard, probably the best offensive line in the league top, three for sure. Or something three like that. Sure. I mean,
2: it's yeah. It's just, and even, even Devonte Smith, the one guy on this team that I haven't been drafting has been Devonte Smith in seasonal leagues uh, because I never went. you know, how am I going to know when to start him, but in yeah. best ball and in, right. Oh, I don't know. Uh, DFS tournaments that see there's, there's a utility for a lot of players, right? Again, if I have to set a lineup and it's high stakes, I ain't drafting Devonte Smith. Sorry, but, <laughs> yes there's going to be spike weeks and, and yeah he's going to be a guy you're going to want to play in dfs week in week out absolutely
1: um one final thing on this game and then we'll hit our our final game which would probably be a little bit quicker because i think this one also might be a little one-sided
2: <laughs> similar to this uh to this. I, I also think you can you can play goddard as a standalone i think so too i think you i think play goddard's a great Eagles. standalone play this week i think, I think goddard's you could to be a monster Yeah, I think
1: I don't think you have to have a run back from the Lions side. Although I totally, Dario hit the Swift thing. Like, Swift might catch 10 balls if they're down by 21 in the second half. Definitely no arguments for me. My only thing. Um, that I would say is I, I'm I'm gonna play some Miles Sanders and I totally agree with your overall sentiment to the running back room. I have no idea how it's gonna play out this year. Miles Sanders might get eight carries on Sunday and it's Boston Scotts out there and Gainwell and whatever. But everything that we just outlined as to why the Eagles might just boat race this team and are gonna be out in front is like M- Miles Sanders still has averaged five yards a carry for his for his career and he's behind the best offensive line ever. If he if he had scored. Four touchdowns last year instead of zero, we wouldn't be talking about him quite the same way as. I mean, as we Rodrigo
2: are. And- looks great, right? Rodrigo looks. Good. <laughs> Could we can just take a step back for a second. Rodrigo is like a sixth-round rookie linebacker. Okay, if if, <laughs> if 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 Miles Sanders can't have success against that guy this year, then I mean, it's over.
1: Yeah, well, I'll know. I'm gonna play some Miles Sanders. He's Miles Sanders. It, it, he's gonna he's gonna get eight carries for 42 yards. I'm not gonna <laughs> win anything. And next week we'll be like you were an idiot for playing Miles Sanders. But I think this is the time I want to do it because, like we said, we don't know anything, and we're all talking about how they should just dominate this team. Well, if they're gonna be up by 20 points in the second half, and Miles Sanders is gonna get all these carries, like just let me get that touchdown and the hundred yard bonus at 5K or whatever he is, and and move on. Um, I think another this is a matchup. good
2: game to skinny stack. You can play Swift, yeah. right? You can you can you can always play Swift and Goddard, something like that. Nice little skinny stack, right? One one player per team, cool. Like we're good, right? Yeah. You start adding in layering exposure to this game, and then all of a sudden, you're you if if you do that, then suddenly you you have quite a bit of shark against what Bradbury and Slay. It's just this is probably not a shark week.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yes, correct. Um, right? But it could
2: be. Not- I mean, it's possible. Right? He's that good. Like he can go up and get it. But you know, this just—it's not—it's not for me this week with DJ yeah. Shark. That's okay. That's okay. We'll get him next. Week. It- like we'll get—we're gonna play Lions, guys. We're gonna get oh, really yeah. excited about the Lions. There's gonna be plenty of Lion shootouts ready to go because their offense is better than their defense. Right. That's why we love the the the, uh, the Vikings. Right. That's. Why do you love the Vikings in DFS? Oh, well, because their offense is better. Sometimes it doesn't have to be that hard. The Vikings and the Lions both have that. And it's really the opposite of the Packers, right? So it's the inverse of the Packers. We're going to be playing a bunch of Lions this year. It's just maybe this game, maybe just go light.
1: Like it. another game. I'm curious what, um, Dario, will we'll start with you on a somewhat similar game. Um, the Ravens and mm-hmm. the Jets. The Jets have a bunch of – it's all, it feels very similar to me, honestly. Yeah, the Jets have a bunch of kind of fun, young, offensive players. Now they, they have Joe Flacco, and maybe Flacco and Goff are really not that dissimilar, but a, a bunch of kind of fun offensive weapons. The Ravens are the team who looks, looks healthy you know, outside of their running backs, looks healthy. You have Rashad Bateman, who looks very fun in his second year. Mark Andrews, who was absolutely dominant. Lamar Jackson is healthy. I'm struggling to see how the Ravens don't do kind of what we just talked about with with the Eagles. But how are you viewing Ravens jets?
3: Yeah, the Ravens are favored by a full touchdown minus seven, whereas the Eagles are favored minus four. So like this is, you know, in everyone's eyes, an even bigger, more lopsided matchup. But I think this one is, you know, potentially really great for DFS because you get like such a narrow concentration of targets from the Ravens side like. Lamar Jackson's going to feed Mark Andrews. He's going to feed Rashad Bateman. And then the rest of the, those guys could easily combine for over 50% of the targets. So I think that you probably want to have at least a few lineups where you're stacking Lamar with one or both of those guys, bringing it back with definitely Elijah Moore would be my favorite on the Jets side. I think Garrett Wilson is still kind of working his way up the pecking order, but I think I definitely want I mean, the theme have, of this
2: week is we're, we're playing almost no rookies. Yeah, oh, uh, what sure. would be the yeah. one rookie? What would be the? Is it Chris Olave the one rookie that we're excited about this week?
3: Even Olave, probably. I think Michael Thomas is looking pretty healthy. Like I think you might even want to wait to see on Olave, but I think he's the receiver. I think London is probably one you're more comfortable with rolling into your lineup than Olave. Just in a
1: brutal spot for London, and he hasn't been healthy. So kind of to oh, to Matt's yeah, question, it's tough. I don't know. It's tough.
2: I mean, Michael Thomas. It's all going to hinge on Michael Thomas. I mean, he he practices, and then he doesn't. His body doesn't respond well either the next day. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. If no Thomas, I think Olave might be my favorite rookie to play this week. Other than, yeah. <laughs> it's tough, man. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. Week one rookies tough. <laughs> it's never easy
1: um dario did you touch on the ravens side um who you're if you had to pick bateman or andrews because i don't think i think this is similar i don't think we want to play lamar with both of them but do you have a preference between the two
3: i think bateman is a better value andrews is definitely a higher floor i think you probably want to have a fairly even mix of both like I'm probably slightly leaning Andrews just because that elite tight end does potentially give you you know, that runway to just absolutely separate from the field if Andrews has that nuclear week. And Eric, you did touch on like the health of the Ravens running back room is one of the biggest weaknesses probably across all 32 teams. So I think that might be a reason that we still see the Ravens airing it out slightly more earlier in the season than later as their running backs get healthy. So the weeks to sack Lamar might be these early weeks but yeah, I think I'm leaning slightly toward Andrews.
1: I think so too. Um, pretty into Lamar. I, I don't really have a super strong preference between Bateman and Andrews. I, I personally will limit it to only those two guys. I, it's week one. I got a lot of different guys. I want to play a lot of people I think are favorable prices. I don't need to dip into, and I really like Isaiah likely, but I don't need to dip into that probably as of, as of yet, or, you know, the Devin Duvernay's of the world, but, What Dario said is one of my bigger takeaways also for this week. Kind of like we talked about with the Cardinals at the top, the Ravens on the flip side, having no running backs. I I just don't foresee a situation in which they're running Mike Davis and Kenton Drake and these guys into, into the ground. And so to me, that just means Lamar Jackson. And so even though I think they probably just destroyed this jets team, the jets also have some very serious offensive line issues going on right now.
2: I still just think it all just flows through Lamar. What do you think,
1: Matt?
2: I mean, just a remind everybody this is the least expensive you're going to see Rashad Bateman in DFS yeah. for the next 5 years at least so i mean if if you want to get him at the cheapest you'll ever see him <laughs> play him <laughs> i don't know what else to tell you yeah you nope. play Rashad Bateman this week baby lamar rashad bateman hell yeah you, you were betting on we're betting on a blowout and sometimes blowouts are great for DFS, right? And if we get a big time blowout. If the Ravens can go hang 40 points on the Jets, those 40 points have to come from someone. Most likely Lamar, 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 Lamar. And then there's going to be some serious garbage time where we're hoping for, you know, a 10 catch game from Elijah Moore with garbage time.
3: And would uh, you, you know, guys it, agree it, with me? It's not the
2: craziest thing to play a little bit if you are going to stack this game to play a little bit of Corey Davis. He is going against Marcus Peters. That's a, a better matchup than Marlon Humphrey on the other side. So I'd rather mm-hmm. go up against Marcus Peters on the outside and Joe Flacco had, you know, has been known to throw it to the perimeter. He's not one of these modern day quarterbacks that, that comes from, you know, spread attack and we, hey, I have to see throws before I, before I make them. No, he's going to, he's going to throw up jump balls. He's going to, he's going to put it to Corey Davis and, and uh, on a back shoulder throw. So I think that, Flacco's a better fit for Corey Davis. I think that there's a, a better cornerback matchup here for Corey Davis. They're going to be in they're going to be in garbage time mode. Corey Davis isn't totally washed yet. He's still in his mid 20s. No. It's not over. Uh it's it's just one of those weeks where if there was ever a week to play Corey Davis, it's probably this week and then the clock starts and, and you're probably never going to be able to play him again, like there's he's a the couple, opposite. there's a couple guys from Sammy Watkins to Corey Davis, <laughs> where this would be the week if there ever was a week. And if not this week, forget about it.
1: The anti Rashad Bateman, if you will, you're like uh, play Bateman now because he's only going to get so much better play Corey Davis now, because it, this is it. You got
3: one shot. You got yeah. one shot for it. We're never going to want to do. We're not, we're not even going to talk about Corey Davis on we'll this show for, the, for guys- the rest of the year those are the guys whose lunches are going to get eaten by the rookies over the course of the season, right? right? Like the just target share wise and everything like Garrett Wilson is going to go directly into eating up Corey Davis's targets. But would you guys agree with me that Joe Flacco raises the ceiling on all the jets pass catchers over Zach Wilson? I think uh, exactly. yes, he
2: does. Yes. Listen, all the beat report, I mean, to a man, right? hundred out of a hundred. They don't have, I mean, do they have a hundred? They probably have a hundred beat reporters. <laughs> they, so yeah. It's crazy. The jets, uh, you insist that Flacco was just simply better, stacking good practices than than Zach Wilson. Period. That and the, and the players preferred balls from Flacco. It's tough. It, 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 I hate saying it. it. It's it's not like it's an inconvenient truth, but. It's
1: tough tough the truth hurts sometimes and it is what it is the Jets you know it's a sunk cost we move on now it's Joe Flacco time and not to, and not Zach Wilson um that covers our main games um, I'm really glad we spent kind of the amount of time that we did on each one the last few were kind of a little bit more straightforward and the first couple were the most exciting but also very much so the most nuanced um and next week everything we said about particularly those first two games might be totally wrong as we talked about at the top and that's the fun that's the fun of week one before we get out of here any kind of final thoughts anything that has changed over the course of this conversation dario what's kind of your overarching uh week one thought
3: i think that one note that i wanted to get back to earlier when we were talking about chiefs cardinals that i didn't get to is how much the line has moved towards the favor of the chiefs. Like we saw this one at minus three for basically since the schedule was announced up until like the last two, three, four days Now the chiefs are favored by six. Like their implied total has gone from like already the highest to up another point and a half. So like the ceiling on the chiefs really should not be understated. Like that line movement is just a strong indication that there's a good chance the chiefs are going to just put up, an absolutely crazy number of points on the Cardinals and I think that that's our favorite game of the week for good reason love it Matt one of my
2: big lessons learned over the years was to uh pay up a quarterback <laughs> pay up a quarterback and not spend so much time in the discount bin right you can tell you can tell yourself this story about how trey Lance breaks the slate because he's, <laughs> he's Trey Lance, right? And we've been drafting him in so many underdog drafts all all off it's like, oh my god, I got to play Trey Lance. He's only six K on DraftKings. Yada 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 yada. And I, I've trapped myself into you know value quarterbacks for years. Right? I think we all go through this phase, right? And now you look at the quarterbacks we're telling you to play this week. It's Mahomes, <laughs> Herbert, Jackson, Murray, Hurts. It's the, it's the, it's the, <laughs> it's all the most expensive quarterbacks, uh, and. We're not sorry, like that. That is money well spent in order to get exposure to the right games and the right weaponry.
1: Definitely, couldn't possibly agree more. The game has also changed a little bit. A, we might get to week twelve or something, and the the pricing is really tight. We want to jam CMC or you know Devonte Jefferson, etc., and we want to consider maybe the Justin Fields of the world, the Mac Jones of the world, somebody who's down there. But right now. That's not the case. You talked about Rashad Bateman being really cheap. We've mentioned some cheap tight ends. Uh we brought up Elijah Moore who's 5k. All the Chiefs wide receivers are super cheap. There's no we're not lacking for value options. And so um I totally agree just go get your your guys with the 40 plus point ceiling at at quarterback this week and then my only we talked about it just reiterating at the very top is embrace this uncertainty. Why why am I into MVS this week is if, if everybody just thinks MVS is Green Bay MVS and it's in the game of the week that we love and, you know, maybe he maybe he can eke out some more upside. Matt mentioned at the top, you know, it's not quite Sky more time. Well, if he's only competing with McCall Hardman and maybe the the ghost of Juju Smith Schuster, at, at, why can't he be the guy that gets the 10 targets? You know, I'm not expecting it. But those are the kind of things I'm thinking through.
2: Right, you're going to look up, and the Millie Maker winner is going to have multiple gross players. I guarantee it. It's going to be at least two gross. There's going to be an MVS. There's going to be a Corey Davis in there. I'm telling you. I'm telling (laughs) you.
1: And so that's 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 how we're going to win this week. The gross, the gross plays. But we will be back every single week. I don't know if we can wait. This, yes, exactly. (laughs) You're right. You're right. Uh, Don't tell my wife that. Uh, We'll be back every single week. Um, I don't think we have an exact time figured out yet. It's, this is a chaotic week as we're all heading into the season. Matt's out doing drafts. I'm drafting way too many stupid best ball teams. But um, we'll be back every single week breaking down in a very similar s- similar fashion. We'll get into a little bit more optimizer work and all sorts of fun stuff that they, uh, Matt and Dario have over at Roto Underworld. But for myself, Dario, and Matt, we will see you guys next week.